You're listening to 101 with Tommy Zam. On the 49th episode, we sit down with Spencer Chamberlain, lead singer of Under Oath, talking about music and life. Let's do this. Hey, what's up, Spencer? How you doing? Good, man. Thanks for having me. Oh, no problem, dude. So you guys are on tour right now. Where where you at? Yeah. Um, so today I woke up in uh, the snowy lands of Grand Rapids, Michigan. <laughs> it's uh, nice. yeah. We we started this tour a little over a week ago, and we got pretty lucky uh, without hitting mad snow. But uh, the last two days have been like, or I guess three days. I guess we we were leaving Chicago the other day we had to wait till the morning because it was dumping pretty bad and then we're still in it so uh yeah enjoying so, so y'all like stuck in stuck in stuck no in it's been, or what well the you know the the driver of the tour bus normally drives at night when you're sleeping but um yesterday we had a day off so i slept in the hotel and we've been here and the roads look pretty clear now it's still snowing but it's pretty clear so they're pretty prepared when, once you get up towards areas like Michigan and stuff. Yeah, because you're so used to that snow, you know? Yeah, it's wild. They put this that mixture down that's more than just the salt into the roads of what they do and you know, places that snows sometimes. But when it snows all the time, they got they got it down up here, man. That's crazy. <laughs> it's like uh, they got no, well, it like doesn't even touch the ground. It like melts as soon as it lands on the <laughs> pavement. Wow. Well, not here, man. We out here in California, uh, Southern California, San Diego area. We've been getting hit with a lot of rain, and uh, L.A. You can drive through L.A. You just see the the mountains up there with snow caps for like weeks. You know. We yeah. Just, what was that about? Right? Didn't it was like snowing over there for like the first yeah. time in a hundred years or something? Yeah. Yeah. We we it's got well, not not in like San Diego, San Diego, but like more in the mountains, like Julian and out out in the out east of San Diego, you know, more inland. Yeah. A lot of snow, but not like down by the beaches or anything like that. But I mean, it was, it was rain, dude. We got so much rain. I'm just waiting for them to say, Hey, you know what? We're in a, uh, we're in a, uh, flood scenario. Yeah. We can't, sorry. You know, something's wrong. We can't use water or grass. I'm be like, dude, we rained so much here. Right. (laughs) I mean, it's weird. I see grass on mountains. I'm like, Whoa, this is so weird. Wow. So, yeah. so, so Spencer, tell us a little about you. Um, you, you know, you're with Under Oath. Um, what are you a singer, guitarist? What? Yeah, I'm. I'm the singer of the band called Under Oath. We've been doing it, um, pretty much our whole lives. Like I've been playing music since I was a like, kid. Like I, I started playing guitar when I was in like first grade or something. You know, I come from a family of a bunch of older brothers, like older stepbrothers and an older real brother and just always surrounded by cool shit, like cool music. And, you know, growing up, my brother was in the punk rock and all this stuff. And I got to kind of be a bystander, you know, watching. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I've been playing music my whole life. But um, with Under Oath, I joined in 2003. And uh, so I guess we're coming up on 20 years next year of doing this. Um, well, I guess it's this year, but our first record came out in 04 as far as this. You know, there, there was like some under oath stuff happening in high school, but those guys kind of like some of those people left 
as, as it left high school. Mm-hmm. And then when I graduated high school, I came in and started playing with these guys. And then we put out our first record as the six of us in 04 and have been nonstop ever since we started like touring kind of full-time in 03. Mm-hmm. Uh, like as we were like gearing up to release this record and, um, you know, we were like playing VFW halls and little skate parks and basement shows and playing for 50 people still. And then, you know, we just kept working on it until something connected, you know, we just had never stopped. So here That's we are. <laughs> yeah. and, 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 so, and so like, so what you were saying that what got you into music is was your older brother into punk rock. And, and then that's what got you into like start playing. <clears> well, yeah. Like my dad was, um, a big Zeppelin guy. Um, oh, and, uh, so that was really like my first taste of rock and roll was very guitar drums heavy you know like it was like when you look back at that mix back then which is very aggressive like drums and bass and guitar were equally as important as the vocals it's like real heavy band leaning rock and roll and that's kind of what i gravitated towards as a kid and then that from there like that was like my parents music you know with like beatles zeppelin pink floyd the stones um that kind of era and then we got into our own stuff, uh, which was like the grunge era, which would have been, you know, Nirvana, Soundgarden, Alice mm-hmm. in Chains, uh, Stone Temple Pilots, all that stuff was huge for us. And that's where, like, seeing Kurt Cobain on TV for the first time as a little kid, it was like, oh, man, like, I want to sing and play guitar. You know, like, before I was just playing guitar a little bit. It was, you know, not very good because I was a baby pretty much, you know. <laughs> but um, <clears throat> that that era like then my brother got not you know my older brother was stopped hanging out with me as much and had his own group of friends and they got into punk rock um you know they were like listening to some humans and the queers and the dead kennedys and all that stuff yeah and i was and that's where like i guess watching that like i remember he had a band um before we had a band it was like me and my brother and my cousin and we were terrible, you know, when we were like little kids. And then as he, my brother got a little bit older, he was a drummer and he got into a band with these, and I'll never forget this, this is these, these two kids, they were into punk rock and I used to watch from the staircase and, um, cause I wasn't cool, you know, at this age, I was like kind of still a baby, but they were like, cool, you know, they probably like smoked weed already and drank beers and stuff. And I'm like watching from the staircase and this, I remember the, the two, guys from his band were like really into punk rock and skateboarding and that mm-hmm. like totally changed my life like seeing that and like you know as a kid as a kid at that age like you know early middle school age like really impressionable and like mm. you know um we kind of lived out in the middle of nowhere so it's not like i was surrounded by kids my own age all the time so i'm kind of just watching my brother and his friends and so i started listening to punk rock and got a skateboard and that just kind of never stopped. And then, you know, meanwhile, I started to get my own musical taste and I I loved the Deftones as much as I loved no effects and loved, you know, heavy, you know, heavy and soft. Like I was in the radio head and all that kind of Brit rock stuff. At the same time I was listening to like, you know, tool and Deftones and, yeah, you know, is so definitely good. I, I like the Deftones. I, I more grew up to uh, Dinosaur Junior and stuff like that. 
Yeah. Yeah. Which was a great band as well. But yeah, I mean, we, you know, I just kind of, everything just always was revolved around music in my, my life. And, uh, and I remember that, that era when they got into the punk rock, that, that time period really changed my life a lot. That's right, dude. I mean, and, and so you said skateboarding. Do you remember what skateboard you had? The first board I got would have been a Powell Peralta. Um, and I was terrible. <laughs> and, and as I got better, you know, you had the, the CCS magazine. So there was only one skate shop in town and it was kind of far until we moved closer to the city. Mm-hmm. Uh, my, my parents split and we ended up getting a smaller house, but it was like really close to the city, which was cool as I got a little bit older because I was skating downtown all the time and like I could ride my skateboard there and, you know, before I had a car and all that, Mm -hmm. Um, which helped with the, you know, as you're getting better at skating and like having spots to skate actually. But my first board, well, yeah, was a Powell Peralta. I remember that. Um, And and where did you grow up? And what, sorry about you. Where did you uh, end up growing up at? I was born in Chapel Hill, and I grew okay. up in this. And I grew up in a city called Greensboro, North Carolina. My dad lived in Charlotte, North Carolina, and my mom lived in Greensboro. Okay. So I, I spent cool. a lot of time in Greensboro until I moved to Florida um, when I was like eighteen. Okay. So, um, yeah, and and uh, I had hundreds and hundreds of boards after that <laughs> you know like once you start skating actually, <laughs> that first board i don't yeah i don't know really what you know that didn't last too long and then but i had a group of friends that i skated with too so that was you know you, you know how that shit goes it's like you're yeah. pushing each other so hard and like you're you're learning fast and we were you know getting in trouble downtown left and right you know yeah skating i mean the stairs and the gaps and the rails and all that shit and yeah, come out there and kick you out and call the cops, all that stuff. That's how we grew up, you know. Hey, that, that this is how I grew up too. I mean, I grew up in Pensacola, Florida, so I mean, that's what we dealt with, you know, um, a lot of cops and stuff like that. And but what was the 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 music, the punk scene and the and the skateboard scene like in North and where you grew up at? Did they 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 look at you like, oh, these bunch of punks, they're just causing trouble, or were they? Well, they that's to you. That scene was was thriving. You know, the the underground scene was very much alive. Like we were, so there was a local band where I grew up um, who actually did do well um, for a while. Um, it was a band called Code Seven, mm-hmm. and they they like would open little venues all the time. So there's always cool shows coming through there. And there was a record label called Tribunal based out of Greensboro. Um, and <clears throat> there was a really good record store called BB's and I think that's what it was called. Fuck. It's been a while. Um, uh, and, and, uh, they would always have cool shows come through and that's really how you found out about bands back then is that you'd see the flyer and I knew if certain like a certain place was promoting the show that it was going to be cool. You know, it was all super underground stuff, you know, like these, none of these venues last more than a year, you know, like yeah. they have one called five thirty three uprisings. And then that moved and it was called uprisings and they moved, they had a place called Pablo's and they moved, you know, it was like, 
there's all these different venues that these guys typically ran and um they were bringing through bands like poison the well and you know um sworn enemy and uh dillinger escape plan on their, their first record and all that stuff was coming through greensboro all the time and that's really how we learned about that scene was just going you know like we would just go to all those local shows and code seven was a band that was touring with a lot of those bands so any band that played with them we were like oh we gotta check them out you know so yeah. they, they kind of like opened the door for everyone in my area yeah, that's pretty cool yeah because in pensacola i was growing up we had a uh we had a venue called um was it we had uh we had quite a few we had like handlebars sluggos but the main one was night out and that's where all the like people would come to pensacola they always play a night out because that's where like I've seen like face to face and Green Day and No Effects, War, names go on and on and on. And then once Night Out closed down, then they started being like, "What well, you said?" It was Hannah Bar and Sluggos, and they would start having. They would stay around for a few years, and then there'll be another one and this and that. But yeah, it's it's definitely different, you know, especially in the South, you know, to have like, yeah, you know, music and skateboarding and you know because they look at us differently, you know, like the. The, the people look at us differently for being a skater or a punk rocker or whatever, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. It was in my high school. Um, it was very, there was probably like one or two other skateboarders in my, in my graduating class with me. You know what I mean? Like it was like, there was a lot of the rich white, uh, there was like extremely poor, or like the rich like football player type the rednecks you know? <laughs> that's what i call yeah them. <laughs> yeah and, and they're, they're like the preppy like you know dave matthews band following type you know what i'm saying like i know what you so, mean <laughs> so i was just an oddball you know like i was an outsider uh, you know like we lived close to the city so that we were in the school district of all that mm-hmm and you know it wasn't normal to drive an old car you know and have a skateboard in the back and stickers you know, all over the windows and stuff like that yeah and like yeah and like dress differently and listen to music that they don't listen to like the friends that i had that weren't skateboarders like that like, it was just so divided because it was like i had to hang out with different people because it's like some of these kids I grew up with, they're like listening to fish and, you know, it's that kind of stuff. I'm like, this is just not who I am. Um, and there was only like two other skaters. And then there was a, another school that had a couple of skateboarders in it. But it was, yeah, it wasn't as um, accepted as it is now. It's great yeah. to see how far things have come and how differently things are looked at. Um, but yeah, it was it wasn't wasn't normal to listen to heavy music or punk or have a skateboard at all. Like you were kind of a joke, I guess, for everybody else. But yeah. who's laughing now? I guess. <laughs> no, I know what you mean. I mean, and it's crazy too because now our people our age who look different on us are now like, oh my god, you guys are rad. We used to be best friends, and you're like looking at them like. Nah, dude, you used to make fun of my ass. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. 
<laughs> so you probably get that a lot. It's like, oh, what? You're in a band? That's so rad. You know, hey, what's up, buddy? You know? Oh, yeah. It's it's, it's totally different now. Uh, that's okay. You know, people, you know, what can you do? Right. I don't really, I don't think about high school times at all. So. No, I don't either, man. I, I just kind of like. I hear people talk about it and I'm just like thinking in my head, like, wow, you know, you know, like skaters and stuff like new generations. I'm like, dude, you guys got it so easy now. Cause when I was growing up skating, it was not what you guys got it. like, you know what I mean? We, we got right. you know, hit up, you know, we got chased and yelled at and thrown at stuff from rednecks and cops harassing us. And we didn't have like thousands of skate parks. We had no. a street. And- well, and like, you know, half the reason why I I still skate, like I have a board with me on tour right now. Oh, um, sick. Yeah, I've got a Baker. I got the, just a plain black Baker in the back lounge right now. Um, and I normally take a, a board with me on tour, um, but I don't, you know, I'm not really pushing myself because if I get hurt and fuck up, a sh- you know, like the tour, yeah. then I'm in a lot of trouble. So I just kind of cruise around now, maybe like Ollie a couple of things. I'm not like... <laughs> Uh, you know, um, but it's crazy now to me because when I started to slow down, so it's like skating and, and music was my whole life. Uh-huh. I told I told myself at a very young age, I said, I'm either going to go pro skating or I'm going to make it in music. I don't care what it takes. Like, so when other kids were like, like, I didn't go on dates really as a kid, you mm-hmm. know, like I wasn't like hanging out with chicks and like doing that, like going to the parties and like, I was like, yeah, I was constantly like, if I had a girlfriend, it didn't last very long. So I was like, well, you can come watch a skate or come to band practice with me, but I'm not, wasn't changing what I was going to do for anybody. And I know that sounds maybe like, I guess, selfish or whatever, but at a young age, I knew like the things that I wanted to do. And I just never stopped until I made something out of it. You know, like I went to Camp Woodward a couple of summers in a row, like trying to better myself and put myself in situations that I was like, I'm not, you know, like with a couple of my friends, I was like, well, I'm the best one here skating. So I'm like, I want to be around people that are way better than me. And like, I'm going to be not the best one at Woodward by any means. So (laughs) I was doing stuff like that. And playing local shows, playing people's parties as far as the music goes. So it was just, I didn't have a lot of time for like girls and parties and like just sitting around with my guy friends doing whatever, you know, like that wasn't yeah. really in my, my deck of cards. You know, I was just not like, yeah, I mean, I was obviously like super attracted to the girls around, but I wasn't, they didn't really want to hang out with me because I wasn't going to be like, <laughs> I'm not going to see you. You, you want to go buy that diamond? You want to go buy that diamond ring and say, "Here you go, girl." <laughs> yeah, I was like, I, I was trying to, I was trying to go skate downtown, and then maybe we could meet up for some food or something. But even that, like, that wasn't really like happening. And you know, now you know, I'm married with a kid and on tour all the time. But like, when my younger years, I was just not. It was very, it's almost like I was career focused from the get go, if that makes mm-hmm. any sense. Even no, though they weren't, they weren't careers in my mind. It's just what I wanted. I was like, I want to skate and I want to play music and that's it. So that's what I did. Um, and it's wild to think now, I guess the whole point of me bringing that up was like 
looking at skating now with like you were saying like we didn't have all those parks like we had one and it was super sketchy that opened when i was in high school and the guy who owned it like my mom dropped us off she was like nope you're not going there because <laughs> like, it got us probably like like doing blow or something weird and whatever you know like yeah. um probably i get it you don't want your kid there i've got a little daughter now so i i get i start to, to catch those vibes uh but yeah like watching skating now and how far it's come is like I think about it when it, when it comes to like recording and, and working on music is the amount of tools we have at our advantage is so much different than even when under Earth started making a living doing this. Mm -hmm. uh, there's so much you can learn from the internet. Like if I get, if I'm writing a song and I get stuck like with some plugin or something on my laptop, I just pull up YouTube and watch a tutorial on it and I'm good. And like with skating now, it's like the amount of footage and skating that you can watch and slow down and, like it's wild to see what the kids are doing now because there is so much skating everywhere. Like I find that crazy, but inspiring at the same time. It's like, man, we weren't seeing people do everything switch when I was a kid, but not like they, these people are now like these kids are wild. <laughs> <laughs> now they are. And, and also too, you got to think too, when we're growing up, you know, um, you know, when I was growing up, it was all ma magazines. And then we had to wait for the, you know, oh, what, A Street's dropping a new video? We had to wait for that video to come out. Yeah. You know? And then and then you had, then all of a sudden 401 came out, and I was like a Dude, whole those, game changer, you know. The 411 stuff was great. Yeah. I, you know, the, I remember when the, when Zero dropped the misled youth, that was, that was a big deal. The Toy Machine, Welcome to Hell was a big deal. Yeah. All yep. the 401s were a big deal. Uh, yeah, and the I mean, skateboarding also were a big deal. Yeah, and also too, you think about it too. It's the same with music. So with skateboarding and music is kind of like the same in a way, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, I mean, streaming changed everything, right? I mean, just like it did with skating. Yeah. Like, there's, uh, it's 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 a whole different ball game. Like like we were going to shows and you'd pick up the opening band CD because. It was in the same genre and you probably didn't know who they were and now with streaming it's like these bands ha have to be streaming well before they're on a tour or before they're on the radio or on satellite radio or even signed to a record label when we were coming up it was like you had to cut your teeth by being good live your record mm -hmm. never was as good as you were live because you didn't have enough money to make a good sounding record because you had to go to a real studio with all this expensive equipment and the record labels that signed the underground bands, none of them, you know, they weren't major labels, they're all indie labels. So normally your record was like a, a half-ass interpretation of what you sounded like live. And yeah. people would come see you live and you'd fucking knock their socks off, which is why they stopped at your merch table. They were there to see the headliner, but man, the band that played second fucking rocked my world. Like that's what it was all about, you know? Uh, the things have changed and you can't fight the change. You just have to, to learn to use it to your advantage. You know, like I'm so happy that we learned how to be a great live band before this era, because I know that tour is where our bread and butter is. And that's what we've made a living doing. And that's always going to be our shit. And now we just use all that, that we can actually play and write our own songs and do our own shit. And then we can use the tools that all the kids use now, as far as in the studio to, to help make our records sound better, you know, yeah. it's great. No, so. definitely. 
That's rad. And then I'm going to go back a little bit. So do you remember your first show? What Not with Under Oath, but your actual first show that you played with your homies or whatever? Oh, man. I mean, I mean my first show was probably 12 years old. First show we, <laughs> yeah, the first show we sold tickets to you. What? I, I remember, yeah, I remember also getting, I think, like my fourth, my third or fourth show. Well, I did a lot. I did some house parties. Some basement tw- shows. Hold on, at twelve years old, you're doing house parties. Uh, I was in a band with my older brother, and I was a guitar player. And then, but that's before his punk rock band. Okay, okay. So I was in a band with my older brother and all of his friends. So I was in middle school, and they were in high school. Well, I was actually so my first show. I was in a three-piece like Nirvana ripoff band with people that were closer to my age. Mm-hmm. And we played a venue and sold tickets to that. And then I was in a band with my older brother before his punk rock band. And they were in high school and I wasn't quite in high school yet. And I eventually got pushed out front to be the front man. Oh, wow. When I got into high school, but then he also did, then he did the punk rock band for a while. And then we got back to, to being a band together. I've been in hundreds of different bands. I mean, it's like, <laughs> but like, I remember playing a show with my brother and his friends that it was sponsored by either Marlboro or Camel or something. No way. That's right, dude. <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I didn't look, I was way under 18 and I did not look, I did, even when I was 18, I probably looked like I was six. So <laughs> uh, I didn't look cool when I was a super little kid. Uh, I looked like a baby. Um, and we get there and I remember the venue they let us play the show and i remember one of the sponsors came up and stopped me and they go what's your birthday and i couldn't think on my feet fast enough so knowing that my older brother was 18 or over 18 i dropped his birthday and they were just like nope not a chance get out of here and they kicked us off the show <laughs> because i i did i couldn't think fast enough so i just threw his birthday out there and i obviously didn't look like i was his age so they knew i was lying so I remember not being able to play that because it was sponsored by a cigarette company. So they wouldn't let you play even though you're in the band? That's crazy. Yeah, because everyone that was there had to be over 18. Yeah. Oh, man, that's lame. They should have let you play because, like, dude, I'm part of the band. Hey, I, yeah. they can't play without me, you know? Well, I was a baby, dude. <laughs> <laughs> and when you first played, when your very, very first time you ever played, were you – like, were you nervous? Did you forget a beat? Were you palm sweating? Like, No, I I always loved it. I didn't start getting nervous. I get the butterflies still, but it's like the good butterflies, you know? Mm-hmm. I feel like it's, I feel like if you lose that, then maybe you shouldn't be doing what you're doing. You know, like, I love that I get that feeling still. But I've never gotten so nervous that I couldn't get up there and do it. Like, I get good butterflies. Mm-hmm. So when I was a kid, I think I cared even less because it wasn't until people started to show up that knew the songs that were there to see us. Like when you're younger, you're, you're you know, like you're just trying to prove why. Why mm-hmm. should you listen to me? So you're feeling pretty confident, you know. <clears throat> you get up there and you're just like, I got to play my best, you know. And you're only, you know, I guess as you get older, and people start caring about your music, then you're like, okay, there's a little bit more pressure there. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, that's it definitely is. It's the same with skateboarding too. You know, when you skate a contest, 
you get, you know, I, I don't skate contests. Anymore. I think I skated one and I was probably like, I was in eighth grade and I was like nervous as hell, you know, because there's so oh, many. Dude, there yeah. Like, they, there's, I, had, I had like Chris Markovich there, Jamie Thomas there, all these, before they became pro, you know, they're all there hanging out with their boys and this and that. And, and then they call your name and you're just like, oh, shit, dude, what am I going to do? Yeah. <laughs> you get nervous, yeah. you know what I mean? You're like, oh, shit, you know? I bet, you know, those people that still, those people doing the contest now probably get the good butterflies that I'm talking about. But yeah, I I only skated a few contests when I was a little younger too. And that was probably more nerve wracking because you're alone in it. You know, skateboarding is not a team sport, you know? Yeah. Like when with a band, at least I was getting up there like with my dudes. Like we practiced this a thousand times. And when you're skating, it's just like, this is just me. I got nobody to lean on. Like, you know, cause like you turn around and in a band and you see that you got your bandmates up there and they're, they're pushing as hard as you are and sweating and feeling it, you know, like yeah. with skating, it's like you drop in and it's just you, you know, like I did a few of those and I, I think I blew, I think every contest I was in, I could have done the run a thousand times. And then as soon as there was people watching and pressure, I think I just fucking blew it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's how I was, man. I had a, I just, I just always remember it was just crickets and eyes staring at you. And I'm just like eighth grade, just skating my very first contest and just kind of just did the best I could do. And ever since then, I never skated a contest. It's like, I am never doing contests again. Never. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's a it's a it's a whole different thing of skating too. Like we were street skaters, you know. Like the contest thing was kind of like new to us. Like me and my friends that like wanted to take it to the next level, and then we we did. Like I remember saving up, you know. Like we we worked these shitty jobs in high school so we could afford the summer camp, you know, and go to Woodward and get out there and try to get better you know and like the the contest thing was different just because we were like we weren't used to like the the long lines i guess like that mm -hmm. like we were doing the the big gaps and the big rails and the big stairs and all that shit downtown and it was like you're doing you're focusing on really one thing at a time you know like oh if i'm gonna kick flip a tin stair or front side flip this gap like here we go you know like your friend's got the camera out or whatever and you're like you know, you eat shit a couple times and you then you stick it, you know? Um, yeah. But doing the whole line thing and that was a whole different ball game. And and um, what was, what's your most, like what's the most memorable thing you have with skateboarding and music? Like something that always will stand out to you no matter what. If you're 80 years old, this, this memory is going to be stuck in your head always. That's a good one. Oh, right? <laughs> yeah. I think, for music, for me, I always thought making it was when people sing your words back at you, which is something I do every single night now on a way bigger scale than the first time it happened. But I'll never forget the first time it happened. We were on the Vans Warp Tour and we were small at the time and we were like cutting our teeth and trying to build a following. and. So we filled every off day from the Vans Warped Tour with a club show because we couldn't afford not to, 
you know? And I'll never forget getting on stage and it was in, in Baltimore, Maryland at a place called the Auto Bar, which is a small shitty venue. I think it's still there, but it holds like 300 people. Nothing crazy, but the stage sits right up on those people. Like it feels like you're right on top of them. And I remember the lights went out. Our record had been out for a few months. We've been touring for like the whole year nonstop to set up for this record to come out. It came out on the Warp Tour. We had just done like, you know, however many shows in a row. And then yeah. off day, we, we got an off day in Baltimore. So we filled it with a club show. And it's full and the lights go out and there's this countdown on the intro. And then we, we started with this song that was on the record. And I couldn't hear myself because the crowd was so loud singing it. And I looked back at our drummer and I was just like, holy shit. <laughs> we we made it you know like that's what it felt like and we played so many bigger shows you know like th that it's grown so much since that day but to that memory to me just really really sticks out and i think with i think with skateboarding is i'll never forget when i learned how to kickflip like when I stuck my first kickflip, I'll never forget. I lived on this road. So it had a gradual slant to it. It was pretty flat for the most part. So we'd have like boxes out there, like grind rails and boxes and kicker ramps and all that kind of shit. We'd bring out the street and skate. Mm -hmm. And I'll never forget that when I landed my first kickflip going down the street and I did it all the way down the street. Like every time I landed one, I'd, I'd kick another one. Like, and I just did it like, not like I landed my first one, got off my board, I was like, yeah. You know, like, I was like, I, I landed a kickflip and then I probably proceeded to do like 20 or 30 more just going down the street, mm -hmm. just one after the other, just like, I was like, I'm not gonna lose this. So I just was like, bam, 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 all the way down, just disappeared out. My friends were like, what the fuck? <laughs> and I know like I ended up doing so much cooler shit than that on a skateboard, but. You know, like, I'll just never forget. It's such a big deal going from a little kid getting his first skateboard. You learn how to ollie, and then you learn how to pop shove it, and then, you know, probably backside and frontside 180. And then mm -hmm. your next move, the kickflip was, like, the first thing that, like, is, like, oh, you're bored, like, doing something. that You know what I mean? Like, it, it's such yeah. a big deal uh, in the early stages, and I'll never forget that. That's right, dude. And and I think I think I only landed one kickflip out of my whole life, and I, I do nothing but hill flips. So I think I remember that. I know I know that feeling because when I landed my first hill flip, or even a pop shove it, I was just like, "What?" So <laughs> yeah, excitable. pop shove it was a big deal too. But the kickflip was something I was so overly obsessed with. Like, you weren't a skater yet until you could do it. You know, exactly. kickflip or or hill flip. You know, whatever. Yeah. But like, I remember being like feeling like i was a poser until i could get that and then things went move so fast from there you know then you're learning a barrel flip and front side flip backside flip 360 flip and then all of a sudden you're applying <laughs> and i was the kind of person that if i could ollie it i could kick flip it and front side flip it no matter what yeah. like like it was a tin stair i was like i'm gonna ollie it land it once i land it i'm gonna kick flip it then i'm gonna front side flip it those were like my power moves like yeah. that was like my jam and i was just i was someone that just went big like that was my jam it's like give me the biggest fucking gap the drop off like big stairs i'm gonna go big that was my thing 
and then I've got the I've got the scars on my elbows to prove that it's pretty bad. <laughs> and, and you got the shin, shin dings in your on your shin too, you know. Well, my legs are so, dude. And I went from stomping, you know, stairs and gaps to stomping on stage, doing them both at the same time, and now it's just like my legs have not gotten a break. Like I want to get those fucking Therabody things. I see all these pro skaters use on Instagram and they, they have all these recovery days with their, Oh yeah, yeah. All that shit. It's like, man, I need that. <laughs> all you need to do is take CBD. And you'll be good. <laughs> Therabody. If you're listening, let me get that endorsement though. <laughs> yeah, there you go. And um, another question is, um, do you feel that like skateboarding, has helped your music career, like getting to where it is now. Like, you know, with skateboarding, it's all about never giving up. You fall, you keep on going. Do you feel that that has helped you out in your music career? In my whole life, dude. I mean, that's been my whole life. Like, I've been really good at picking myself back up and and pushing through, you know. There was a time where I was a drug addict. I got myself mm-hmm. off of it. You know, I've hit the bottom multiple times in my life and picked myself up and managed to do it and get, you know, be in a better place than I was before I fell every time. You know, like every time I see the bottom, I, I climb higher. And I think that is growing up, like you said, like skateboarding teaches you that at a very young age of like, you've only got you to count on here, right? Like, and, and you push through it. And, and you're going to fucking take some spills and life isn't always going to be awesome. But you found something that you love that was socially unacceptable and like outcast from society. And it teaches you like your heart is just that in it. Like I look back on it now, I'm like, I can't believe that I was that kid, you know, like, like I would pat myself on the back if I could go back in time, you know, like I just cared that much. Like it's what I want to do. I didn't care if I got beat up or picked on in school. Yeah. That's what I wanted, you know? The music that no one else liked that I was around and the in the sport that no one else did. It wasn't even considered a sport back then, you know? It's crazy. It's crazy now it's considered a sport. I'm like, what the hell? It's not a sport. <laughs> to me it's not, I mean, you know. I mean it's 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 a it's a lifestyle. It's a yeah. it's every you know, it, it it it's very athletic and it's but it's it's way more dangerous than any any kind of other sport because of the lifestyle, because of the, the type of people that it takes and there's there's that punk rock mentality to it to where it's just kind of like fuck everything and that's that's a huge uh attraction to me as a young kid i was like hell yeah <laughs> no no definitely and, and and like what you said you know i mean we're jumping down like gaps oh. and 10 stairs or three stairs or five stairs or whatever you know and, and we're taking that big leap and then you know when you run up to the curb you're like ah oh, you know it's like running up to real life you're like ah oh, can i do this can i do this and then you just tell yourself, like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to do it. And if I eat shit, I don't give a shit. I'm going to get back up and do it again. And, and that's yeah. what life's about, you know? That's the, that's the most beautiful thing about the whole thing. Yeah. Is, is that you do. You just get up and you just do it again. Especially when you're younger and it doesn't hurt to fall as much. <laughs> now, <laughs> now it's like I don't want to do it again. Hey, I'm all about I'm all about little small curve back to slappies, and you know I'm not jumping down stairs anymore. Gaps. Me or, either. My my my. I've just I shredded my knees. Just my, I'm my legs look like they've seen twice as much as the rest of my body. It's crazy. 
And I'm going to go back just a little bit more. So how did Under Oath, how did you get hooked up with Under Oath? Did they, like, saw you at the show or what? Yeah, like, they were, so they were playing, when I moved down to Florida, um, they had a singer, um, and I was in another band, and we were, we played some shows together locally, mm -hmm. and they were trying to kind of part ways with their singer at the time. Um, and they kind of pulled me aside and I, and I became friends with their keyboard player. Um, and they, they asked if I would fill in and I said, no, because I was in a signed band with my older brother and I didn't want to do that to family. You know, I was loyal, yeah. you know, um, and eventually they asked again and um, my older brother took me out to lunch and he was like, look, I'm going to go back to North Carolina. I think if any of us have got it, it's you, like you should do this. He's like, and I wouldn't have done it if you wouldn't have told me to do it. You know, like I was dedicated to the band that I was in. So I was like, okay. I mean, if you're leaving, then, you know, what's this band going to do anyway? You know, he was the drummer. So, yeah. So I went, um, they gave me a couple songs to learn, show up and practice. And I went and we started writing music on the first practice and just never stopped. And like, that was it. You know, like the rest was history. Like, you know, we were all in the same age group. You know, there's a couple of guys who were a couple of years older than me, but most of us were in the same age group and, um just getting in the room it was like it was for the first time ever me i for me and probably for for them i'm speaking for them at the point but like feeling like you're in, in a room with someone that's like going for the same thing that you're going for and has the same passion and drive and like every band has always had that guy you know like mm -hmm. especially when the high school area when you're leaving high school of like oh the guy that wants to go to college the guy that wants to get a real job the guy who doesn't want to give up his car or his apartment or his girlfriend to be to do what it takes because you do lose all that when you go on mm -hmm. tour for the first time. Like when we started, we were going to, we were on tour like 10, 11 months a year. If you don't get that apartment, you don't get that car to make those car payments. You don't have the hot girlfriend that's going to go on dates with you. Cause she's not going to stick around for some guy who's going to be on the road all the time. Yeah. So like you, you kind of got to be okay with all that at a young age, like, Oh, we're going to do this. And I think they felt the same thing that I felt was like, when I got in the room, I was like, Oh shit, this is what it's supposed to feel like. And we just never stopped. My first practice, there was no like, well, let's try it out and see what it was. Like we came in, we guns a blazing. Like we were just like wow. writing songs and just just ripping off each other. The energy was there and it was, you know, here we are about to hit 20 years, you know? Congratulations on that. And when they first asked you, were you kind of like, like, wow, that's, that's rad. That's honored that they asked me. You know what I mean? Well, we were both just like, shitty local bands at the time you know like they you know it wasn't like a big deal it was just like yeah i mean sure i would i'd fill in if you need me to. um but it wasn't like a oh my god you know it was like but anyone that you know wanting you to play with them is it's cool like i was you know i'd been in so many different bands at that time you know like um it's always going to be flattering if anyone thinks that you're good at what you're doing, right? <laughs> yeah. 
Definitely, definitely. And like, I mean, that's that's rad to do what your life experience was like, you know, growing up in North Carolina, getting into skateboarding, watching your brothers or your brother playing a band and, 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 you know, keeping it in the family of playing music and skateboarding and stuff like that. I mean, yeah, you you had a, you had a great life. You know what I mean? Your dream came true, what you wanted to do, you know, I want to be a pro skater or be a musician, but you're not a pro skater, but you're a musician, but you're still skateboarding, you know? And that's, that's, that's a lot of, lot to achieve of, you know? Yeah, I just, I, you know, I guess I'm stubborn. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're not stubborn. You, you just, know, you just want to be successful and you want to people wanna, around you. Yeah, I didn't, never wanted to stop. That was just like, why, you know, I don't know. And then the longer you go into it, the longer you get into it, it's like, what are you going to do now? Like, yeah. if you, if you don't better, you know, and, and it's that drive, the same drive that, you get when you're a skater is that like every day you got to like push yourself and do more and do better. Like when going back to your question about like, has it affected your um, musical career? And I, my answer was it's affected my whole life. But like this thinking about that question a little bit longer is like, yeah, like obviously it affected my whole life, but that drive, like every day when you're skating, like you get up and you're like, oh, I did, I, I ollie this. So tomorrow I'm going to, you know, 180 or pop shove it or kick flip it or whatever. Like this huge thing, like, you know, you got a gap or a stair set in mind, like oh, I did this. Now I got to up it and do this, or I got to go hit the bigger rail or the bigger stair or the bigger gap. That is the same. They're saying I, I already ate. Uh, that is the same mentality you get as a musician which is why I still have a career is that like every record I do, I got to go for more. Every song that I write, it's got to be better than the one before every show that I put on, it's got to be a step up. Mm-hmm. And I think that is what skateboarding installed in me at a young age, which is why I still have a career 20 years into this is that I don't get comfortable thinking that I'm the best. I don't ever look at myself in that way. I don't have a big head with any of this stuff. I'm always looking at like, how can I improve? How can I be better? How can I, push this further how can i make this a better experience for me and the listener like how can i be a better singer a better frontman, a better person you know it's mm-hmm. like every day you're pushing for something more and i think that's the skateboarder in me you know is that like you just because you ollied it now you got to kick flip it and that and then and then like this weekend i'm gonna fucking front side flip it and then I, you know like you're always you know that feeling like you were like never satisfied with what you did like you set you like you're stoked but like now you got to do something bigger and better right like yep, yep. or you're not yeah, progressing because yep, if you, you gotta get step up the game yeah if you yep. get comfortable with it then you're just stagnant right so yeah that wasn't an option in skating or in music as far as i was concerned and still am concerned you know it's like skateboarding yeah i did it I, i've just gotten comfortable and i just kind of cruise around and do little things here and there and that's because I'm not 20 years old anymore. But like with music, I, I had the same skating mentality that I always had is it bigger, better, always. Gotta go. Yep, Gotta push definitely. myself. Yeah. You, know? yep, you got to. You know, I mean, that's the only way you're gonna achieve your dreams or, or be successful is is by pushing yourself and, and keeping that momentum going. You know, if you, you step back and be like all of a sudden, like what you said oh, I'm better than this person or I'm better than that person, then you're not going to be successful in life, you know, or successful. Yeah, not a chance. 
you know, like, and it's hard this day and age. And I do feel for the younger kids is the social media comparisons of like, this guy's doing this, you know, or that guy's doing that, or he's got this many likes and I don't like that stuff is pretty toxic. Yes, comparing, yourself, comparing yourself to others when really what you got to be doing is looking at yourself and be like, how can I better me? How can I become better at this? Not because this guy's playing a bigger venue or that guy's skating better than you or whatever that you're seeing on social media. He got more likes than you or more followers than you. Like, fuck all that noise, right? Like, yeah. you got to look at yourself and be like, well, how can I take what I've done and do it better? Like, I don't care what that guy's doing because that guy's not me. You know, like I'm not in control of that. You yeah. Know? Or, or you can, or you can take it and, and use it as a motivation to motivate yourself to push yourself more. You know, like, oh, that yeah. dude's doing that. I, I should be able to do that. I'm going to go out and do that because I know I can do that. You know, use it yeah. as a motiva- motivation thing. You know, or, or yeah. you see girls, girl skaters. I mean, girl skaters are shredding right now, and you're like, dang, that girl just did a kick flip down what? Okay, I need to step up and do that shit. <laughs> oh yeah. I oh for sure, hundred percent. I'm like, damn, I mean those those girl skaters kill it, dude. I am just like, wow. Yeah, that's like I I tell my girl that all the time. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> I like, that shit ain't easy. No, no, man. Like I see some of these girls bell and I was like, holy cow, all right. Oh dude, we stream in my house, we stream every SLS. Cause they start streaming all this stuff now. So you can watch these contests, which is sick. I know that Tampa pro still streams theirs. I yeah. watch it every year. Tampa pro and Tampa am. I watch watch, all the SL. You watch this year's. I would, I've, I've seen parts of it, but I'm going to, I'm going to rewatch it all. I just hadn't had a chance to move it on. It was came out. When we were on tour and I was stuck somewhere where I didn't stream it. Um, but I, uh, I watch all of it, man, and we stream all the SLS stuff. And I remember when when the skating hit the Olympics. I remember it was funny because some of the kids that I grew up skating with, I, I don't really talk to, like setting alarms to watch because it was like coming on like two in the morning or whatever because it was Tokyo, and I'd get up and watch it. It was like I gotta see this. Got to be a part of this. Like it is kind of history in the making, right? Yeah. And I was like texting this dude that I grew up went to high school with. I was like, dude. Are you up at two in the morning too watching this? Because it's just wild that this has happened. So, what, kind of funny. what do you think about skateboarding Olympics? What do I think about it? Yeah, I know a lot of people don't don't jam it, but I, I'm I'm kind of happy for it. I think it's cool that because it's only going to inspire like another a younger generation of better skaters, and the fact that it's more accepted. I mean, you just got to roll with it. I don't think it's worth pushing back on by any means i I think it's going to help out skateboarding worldwide i think now we're going to start seeing more skate parks and like haven't we though i think we've been seeing that and i think ever since the olympics we've seen more acceptance of the of of skating and i think that's really cool because it's going to help the younger generation of kids that felt the way that you and i did which made us who we were and who we are today but at the same time like this day and age with it's real toxic the world's a fucking scary place and like oh it is to be able to be able to have more acceptance in that to where girls and guys can feel okay skating and not having that like it's not so frowned upon 
I think that's going to mm. help, you know, I think it's going to help younger generations in oh, the yeah, future. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I see skate parks popping up in uh, Ethiopia, Jamaica, like Costa Rica. So sick. Love that. The world, you know, and, and it's rad because, I mean, it's cool because you get to see these kids who, who grew up with poverty not have anything in their life. And now they got a skateboard and now, they, now they're killing it on. Some of these kids are killing on skateboards. And, you know, I know. Seen, I'm just like, wow, that's freaking amazing. You know, I love it. Love to see it. Oh, yeah, definitely. And um, two more questions before we take off. Um, how do you come up with your uh, writing your music? Um, do you have do you write things about your life? Do you write things about the world? Like, how do you come up the lyrics? Mostly shit that I've lived through or my, me and my friends have lived through, like stuff that we've seen firsthand that we can dive into, how it makes us feel, how, it, you know, just all stuff that we've lived through and seen, you know, I, I try to keep it as real as possible. And, and, and did you feel like, do you guys have to like have the, like have the lyrics and then you got to like get the tune, get the music going with the lyrics? Is it, is it difficult to do that? We, we write the music first um, okay. and then, I'll, you know, I write lyrics all the time and then, and then I'll pop, I use it as a jump off point of like, oh, this line will work and then write a song around it mm -hmm. about something that I've experienced. And, um, you know, me and our drummer, we, we write all the lyrics together and we just bounce stuff back and forth. You know, we've both been through a lot of different shit and try to talk about the stuff that no one else wants to talk about because that's what affected us as a kid, you know, like feeling, hearing songs that make you feel like you're not alone and in the world, you know, it's like a, a lifesaver, you know, like I think there was many times as a kid where I felt completely alone and isolated and, you know, you, you, your parents are divorced, you're living with a single mom and going to school, you don't fit in. And sometimes the only thing that gets you is that song, you know, and you're like, damn, you know, this guy's speaking to me right now or this girl or whoever, whatever you're listening to. And you, and you, it just makes you feel heard and seen, I think. And I think that's mm -hmm. what I've, it was such a big deal to me as a kid. Like, that's what I wanted. I was like, if my lyrics can help somebody else, yeah. me, me being honest and writing about stuff that I don't really want to talk about. And sometimes I'm not comfortable talking about it. Mm -hmm. If I can sing about it, it's going to affect a lot of people in a positive way. And I'm willing to put myself out there like that and be, it's almost like being naked in front of everybody. You know, it's like, I'm willing to do that if it's going to benefit somebody else, you know, cause I'm just trying to leave the world a better place than it was when I got in it. You know, if I can help at all, you know, even if that's only like one kid, you know, if it saves mm -hmm. that one kid from, killing himself or overdosing or something like that i did something you know yeah and, and so 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 basically your lyrics are well not basically but your lyrics you guys lyrics are more positive like want to get the good message out to people and, and well it, I, I mean not not necessarily sometimes the songs are about how terrible it is you know sometimes the songs are really dark but it's it's about being honest about living through it, it you know it can help other people. I'm not trying to be negative. I'm just trying to be like real. Like, yeah, I'll write about suicide and depression because I've been there before. I write about drug addiction because I've been there before. I write about isolation and being alone because I've been there before, you know, and I'm like, I'm just writing from honesty. I don't think it's negative or positive. I just think it's real. You know, I'm not writing like 
hopeful songs. Everything's going to be okay. No, I'm just writing about like, <laughs> this is how it feels, you know? It, and, and people latch onto that shit, you know? And have, have fans reach out to you guys and like say, thank you, man. That, that song like really touched me and really put I'm, stuff in my head, like good things and stuff. Every single day, someone tells me something that I wrote down saved their life. You know, and that sounds like I'm taking it lightly or something, but I'm, I don't like, we have these kids come to our meet and greets, you know, they pay the extra money to come and to just tell you that. Like they pay extra money to meet and show you like the lyrics they have tattooed on their ribs you know, that you wrote down when you were fucking high on drugs, trying to question your life or, you know, they, they like kids have our lyrics tattooed all over them and, uh, at least once a day on tour, someone tells me something helped change their life or save their life. You know, I've, like from addiction to depression to domestic abuse, like anything like that you could think of, like people have grabbed things out of the lyrics to, and applied it to their life. Because I think that's what we all do with songs that we love. We we like to think it's about us, and you can make it feel like that. You know, like, cause, you know, hard times are hard times. No matter if like, I remember this girl coming up to me and telling me that I helped her get out of an abusive marriage, you know, like the song that I wrote, which is actually about my friend dying and overdosing and me having the guilt of wanting to help him when I should have, and I didn't. Mm -hmm. And but I, did, I wasn't so blunt in the lyrics. I was just writing about what I was going through. And it resonated to her as like, oh shit, I can change my life. And that was, you know, that's like everything to me. It's like, dude, I'm not gonna tell you that this song isn't about domestic abuse, but I'm not also not gonna tell you that it is, but I'm so glad you got what I was going for, which is like, you know, pulling yourself out of this dark scenario that you're in and, and not blaming yourself. Yeah. And she changed, she changed herself for it. And like, it's like, fuck, that's incredible. You know, like, <laughs> um, yeah. And it's like, and I get those stories all the time, you know, and it's, I don't take it lightly, I, but it, it's motivating to continue doing what I'm doing, you know, because people that are closest to me read those lyrics and like, are you okay? You know, or they feel embarrassed or ashamed that I might be saying some of the things that I say. But it's not their not their fault, you know. It's like my mom and my dad are divorced, yes, but they're both individually awesome people, you know. It's like not their fault that I lived through a lot of shit, but like mm -hmm. they have to read that stuff, and that probably makes them feel a type of way, you know. Like that sucks, but I'm not gonna not talk about stuff that people need to hear that I'm that I personally experienced. So I can speak on things that I've been through, you know. And that's what yeah. I try to do. That's rad, dude. That, that's rad to have to know that your lyrics touch a lot of people, you know what I mean? That's, that's, that's something that, like you said, it's inspiring. It, it motivates you, you know, it's, it's it motivates to, go me to, to go back to skateboarding, you know, and it, it motivates, it motivates you. Yeah. It motivates me to keep going. You know, it's like, it's important, you know? Yeah. I, and I'm, I'm glad that I can do anything for anyone else, you know, that's, that could help them in any way, you know? Yeah. And do what, what you guys got coming up for 2023? I know you guys are on tour right now. Um, you have like anything new albums, we got, singles? Yeah, we have a new we had a new single come out a week ago. It's called it's called Let Go. 
Mm -hmm. uh, which is exactly what you could imagine it being about, about like, <laughs> like getting yourself out of a toxic scenario and like learn to forgive yourself and, and, you know, in the song, like you're not feeling like you're worthy of it, of, of change for the better, but we all are and we all can. And that song just came out and the music video comes out um, like in a week or something like that. So we've got a new video drop and we're on tour right now. Uh, we got more shows coming up this year, more things to be announced, more singles dropping. I also am dropping my very first solo album, which is opposite oh, of Under Oath, which is kind of cool. It, as a songwriter, I like to, I work on a lot of other people's music outside of Under Oath, and I've always written all sorts of different types of music. Like I was told you on this interview, I've been in hundreds of bands, different sounds, different genres, you name it, I've done it. Um, under Earth stuck when I was a teenager and we've been doing this ever since, but I've done a lot of shit on the side. And this for the first time ever, I felt comfortable making a solo record, which is opposite of Under Oath. And it's, I write from a different part of my brain to write lyrics different. It's a completely different genre. I just dropped a single called Lay Low. Okay. Um, and the band is called, I, I named it a band because I'll play as a band live, but it's a solo album. It's called Slow Tide without the W. So it's S-L-O-T-I-D-E. And it okay. kind of dip. It, it's kind of me dipping into my like skateboarding life. Of, it's kind of like surfy, poppy, indie shit, and it's like more lifestyle-based music of that. Like, it's just kind of feel good, you know, like um, different side of me than Under Oath because you know it. I, like Under Oath is one thing, and as a songwriter, I like to do. I like to express all sorts of different emotions and feelings. Like I'm not just a dark fucked up guy. I've got all this other stuff in my life too. That, you know, so I like to write from other areas as well. And Slow Tide is more of a, a lifestyle band. And uh, you can find it online at Slow Tide Band without the W, like I said, S-L-O-T-I-D-E band. Um, and the, the that song Lay Low, <laughs> it's funny because there's like a visualizer with that song. Like there's not a music video. I have another song called Neck High that's already out. And the rest of the album will be dropping all year. I'll be doing singles all year. But okay. in that, in the visualizer, which no one really watches those, but like, you know, they just stream it on Spotify or whatever. But I think even on the Spotify skin, you can see me riding a skateboard in it somewhere. Like there was like some, this, my friend, who's like a video DP kind of guy, he like threw together a visualizer for that. It's got footage of me in the studio and stuff. And I had a board with me. So at night I was like, just kind of riding around the parking lot and he threw some of that footage in there. And it's funny because I talk about skating all the time. And like a lot of people that follow me don't know that how big a part of that is my life. I'm not doing anything cool on it. I'm just like, you can see me just, I was just like, you're not hey, hold on. You're not front side flipping down 10 stairs. <sighs> not anymore. <laughs> man. Not anymore. I'm joking on that. <laughs> Dude, my knees would, I, 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 you know, I, I, I kick flip pretty big back in the day, but not, not anymore. That is, <laughs> if I saw a 10 stair now, I wouldn't even ollie it. I'd be like, I'm good. But hey, you will walk up it, count it, look at it, stand on top of yeah. it. Yeah. I'd look at the rail and be like, oh, this you, you, you're touched a rail, like, ooh, this yeah. is so buttery. Damn, I still, is isn't nice. it funny? Like, I, I still do that everywhere I go. Like, I look at the little, like, even the other day at the, at the hotel, I'm like, look at this, like, 
ledge beside the staircase going up. Like that would have been sick, you know? Like I look yeah. at all that stuff, like all the time stuff. <laughs> so yeah, so where where can people find your stuff at? Um, do you have a website? So uh, I know you just, I know you just said Spotify for uh, Slow Tide. Um, yeah, Under Oath and Slow Tide are both on Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube, and on Instagram and Twitter. It's at Under Oath Band um, and at Slow Tide Band without the W. <laughs> I say that every time. Um, and <laughs> hey, then well, you have to because people go to type in guarantee. Yeah, to to, put yeah. the W in it. <laughs> Um, so at under oath band at slow tide band without the W and then I've got, uh, at W S Chamberlain, which is my last name. So, um, that's my personal shit. If you want to follow me, I've got an Instagram and a Twitter. I don't got anything else, but, um, you can follow along to with both music projects there and, and, or my personal or all three, if you want, you know, you can be a super fan and go for all three. Um, <laughs> highly encouraged if you're an, online type person uh yeah then spotify apple music youtube you know whatever else you got it's all it's all out there so you can find it all hell yeah and then um, one question before we leave uh um what can you say to the upcoming skaters musicians like anything a good advice that you can tell them if your heart is in it and you love it you're gonna have good days you're gonna have bad days just never give up you know, just keep pushing. If it's something that makes you happy, if it's something you want to do, you, you, you can do it. You're capable of doing it. I am just a regular ass dude, you know, just like everyone else. No one is more, I just don't believe really that it's like, oh, that guy's just super talented. That's why he's so successful. I was like, I just think people have the drive or they don't, right? I think like, the best guitar players in the world are people that just want it. You know, the best skaters and people in the world that just want it. I mean, the, what's the skateboarder's name that doesn't have legs? What's that oh, guy's name? I can't think like, of his name. It's from Brazil. Yeah, the Brazilian dude. Like, come on. Like, he wants it. Look how good he is. Like, what I'm saying is, is that you can, you can do whatever it is you want. You can make anything happen. If you want to be the best doctor in the world, you fucking study it and you work your ass off until you're the best doctor in the world. If you want to be the best fucking skateboarder in the world, you put your mind to it and you just never stop and you study it and you live it, you breathe it, you dream it. That's what you do. But same thing with music, man. Like when I started, you know, I at a very young age decided that I wasn't the best and that I will never be the best and humble myself all the time and open my mind like a sponge take vocal lessons and you know try to better yourself and take care of yourself and always you know like push myself to be better and i think any of us are capable of doing that with no matter what it is in your life you no, know and, and that's true i mean that's what you said is absolutely true yeah i mean yeah, that can be down to being a fucking dad you know, or being a, I don't know, whatever, like a cook. Like if you want to be the best cook, dude, get on YouTube, get on Google, start learning some stuff. Like really, really got to dive in. You know, I don't think that it's about half-assing a bunch of stuff and side hustle, this, that, and the other. You can do that too if you want to, but I think 
if it's something you really love, like just dive into it head first. I know people always tell you to have a backup plan, but I didn't have one. No, I don't have a backup plan. I just, I just do head first. That's what I do. <laughs> yeah. And you're happy. Definitely. I bet, you know? Yeah, definitely is. Well, Spencer, man, thank you so much for coming on. Hey, congratulations for 20 years. I know what is it, next year, 20 years. Or 20 year? years next, this next summer will be 20 years since our, our first album is, is this version of, yeah, our, our, basically our first album would be 2004, so 2024. Summer of 2004 is when it came out, but we started pretty much full-time as under touring in 03, probably late 03. So sometime this year would probably have been 20 years since we started like really getting out there as a band. The mm -hmm. next year will technically be the 20 years, yeah. Well, well, if I don't talk to you by then, congratulations on 20 years, man. That's, that's just huge. You got to have a big party for that, dude. I know you should come out um, in San Diego when we're there in a couple weeks. Yeah, you should reach yeah. out to whoever set this interview up for you and and tell them that you want to come out and we'll we could we grab a drink or something and yeah, talk skating definitely. and let you catch the show and all that. Yeah, because you guys are gonna be out in San Diego the twenty sixth of March, right? I can look it up. I'm pretty sure. I know we're hitting it on this tour. So um, let's see. Portland, I think California, I think Anaheim, Las Vegas, San Diego, March 26th at the Soma, which is a rad, rad old venue. It's so cool. So, okay. I'll definitely, yeah. I'll, 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 I'll definitely hit up the, um, I forgot what the guy's name is, but I'll hit him up and definitely, um, we'll definitely link up and maybe we'll go stretch some slappies, do some slappies on some red curves, man. Yeah, if the weather's good, I've got my I've got my board with me, so let's do it. Well, bring it. Uh, it it's not it's supposed to rain tomorrow. Rain Wednesday. I hope that's it. <laughs> yeah, hell yeah. Let's it, go. it feels like I'm back in Florida, man, with this rainy weather, man. I'm like, let's oh. go. Definitely. Well, Spencer, thanks so much for coming on the show, man. And hell yeah. hey, have fun on the tour. I, I look cool. forward to meeting up with you guys on the 26th in San Diego. And wh where's the place you're going to be at? At the Soma. So much. So you guys hear that? You're in San Diego. Come see these guys, man. Rock out. Have a yeah. good time. Definitely, definitely. Well, Spencer, thank you so much, bud. Oh yeah, thanks for having me, dude. No problem. Have a good one. All right, peace.